Welcome to the May 9th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show, where we do a deep dive market analysis every day and talk about the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. This is your host, Space Marine, live from space. The big market news of the morning is Bitcoin finally hit $6,000, a level not seen since November. And keep in mind, the bear market low is $3,100. This is practically 100% above the bear market low in December, just showing how much Bitcoin has recovered. So starting with that Binance hack news where Bitcoin dropped from $5,900 to $5,700 a couple of days ago, Bitcoin then began to continuously rise all throughout the day yesterday. And then it breached the $6,000 level around 9 p.m. yesterday evening. On Bitstamp, Bitcoin briefly won as high as $6,100, which is the new 2019 high. On Bitfinex, Bitcoin hit $6,300. That Bitfinex premium is narrowing a bit. Remember several days ago, the Bitfinex premium for Bitcoin was about $400 as people were rushing to turn their fiat funds into Bitcoin on Bitfinex and then withdraw the Bitcoin because of that New York Attorney General's Office lawsuit against Bitfinex. It seems like the panic is dying out a bit and now we have a more reasonable premium on Bitfinex of $200, which is about average because Bitfinex is higher deposit and withdrawal fees. So this is about a typical situation on Bitfinex. It seems like the panic has subsided for now. So Bitcoin managed to stay above $6,000 on Bitstamp all throughout the night into the morning until about 8 or 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And now Bitcoin has declined to 5980, reaching as low as 5970 on Bitstamp. So it seems like our support is actually below $6,000, maybe around 5950 or $5,900. And we obviously have resistance at $6,100. So $6,100 is the level to watch to see if this bull run could continue. And... This can be called a bull run, even though it's coming in little spurts and not happening all at once. Throughout the entire month of April and into May now, Bitcoin has risen from the beginning of April. And actually, the end of March is a better reference point. So on March 25th, Bitcoin was at $3,900. It is now $2,000 above that. I would call this a bull run on average long term. And since early February, Bitcoin's up from $3,400. So since early February... Bitcoin is up $2,500. So we've been pretty much on a bull run since early February. There has been bearish days mixed in between. And bearish days could still happen. But in general, on average, there's a lot of upward momentum for Bitcoin. And if you look at that long-term chart, you could really see how the buying pressure is far outweighing the selling pressure. There is something quite interesting, however, happening with the altcoin markets. Bitcoin is doing really well, like we're talking about. But the alternative cryptocurrencies... All the cryptocurrencies besides Bitcoin, especially the major ones, are not doing as well as Bitcoin. Bitcoin's dominance percentage is now up to 57.2%, and that's the Bitcoin market cap divided by the total crypto market cap. So when the Bitcoin dominance percentage rises like it is doing right now, that means that other cryptocurrencies are not rising relative to Bitcoin. They're actually losing relative to Bitcoin. And just looking at this dominance percentage, it has been climbing quite rapidly uh, at the beginning of April, the dominance percentage for Bitcoin was at 50.4%, and now it's like 7% above that. So the rest of the crypto market has declined 7% relative to Bitcoin since the beginning of April. That's quite significant. In fact, this is the highest Bitcoin dominance percentage we've seen since about December 2017, actually, believe it or not. So this is the highest dominance percentage we have seen in a long time for Bitcoin since pretty much that rally back in late 2017. 
This basically means that people are selling their alternative cryptocurrencies and buying Bitcoin with it. So they're cashing out their altcoins like Ethereum and Litecoin and all the other ones and buying Bitcoin. So Bitcoin is the most profitable investment pretty much. There might be an altcoin out there that's doing better than Bitcoin. There's probably a few. But on average, the major cryptos are not uh, keeping up the pace with Bitcoin. And that's the case when looking at the crypto market this morning, there's actually a lot of red across the board, which is not something you would expect with Bitcoin at $6,000 for the first time since November. And yes, Bitcoin has crawled just back up to 6000 as I speak, so it seems to be oscillating about that $6,000 level. But anyways, Ethereum is down 0.3% this morning, that slid below $170. Ripple is down 0.6%. So this means when a cryptocurrency is down on a day like today, when Bitcoin has gone up a lot in the past 24 hours, like literally relative to USD, Ethereum and Ripple have gone down. That means there's a lot of selling of Ethereum and Ripple going on because Bitcoin has gone up 2.2%, yet Ethereum has done 0.3%. So that means Ethereum is literally being sold so much, maybe so people could buy Bitcoin with their Ethereum, that it has actually lost money not only relative to Bitcoin, but also relative to the US dollar. Of course, these are small percentage losses, but still, this is the trend that has been going on with Bitcoin receiving more and more of the investment, and that's kind of taking away from the altcoins. Bitcoin Cash is up 0.1%. Litecoin is down 0.1%, near $74. EOS is down 1%. Binance Coin is down 2.3%, hanging out near $20. Binance Coin's having a pretty bad week because of the Binance hack where 7,000 Bitcoins was stolen from Binance. Stellar is down 3.5%. Cardano is down 2.7%. Tron is down 3.6%. Monero down half a percent, near $66. Bitcoin SV somehow is doing the best. It's up 7.2%. So somehow Bitcoin SV has uh, outpaced Bitcoin in the past 24 hours, which doesn't make much sense, but that is the case. Dash is down 2.8%. Cosmos down 8.5%. The price of Cosmos has really been collapsing, so like it kind of appeared on CoinMarketCap like a couple weeks ago. And because it suddenly appeared there and it was a bullish time, people started buying up Cosmos. It was going up like 10% every day. It went well over $5, and now Cosmos has slid back towards $4. IOTA is down 6.1%, so IOTA is doing poorly as well. That's the number one Internet of Things cryptocurrency. Tezos is down 2.2%, and Dogecoin is down 0.6%. So we're actually seeing most of the major cryptocurrencies declining, not only relative to Bitcoin, but relative to USD. Like they're really being sold. So it's a bearish day for the altcoins actually, despite Bitcoin having a bullish day. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Bitcoin's having a bullish day and the altcoins are having a bearish day. This is kind of unusual. Usually Bitcoin leads the whole market, but we see the altcoins of Bitcoin going in opposite directions this morning as Bitcoin's dominance increases. So there are a couple of theories on how this could change. One of them is that if Bitcoin kind of has a sell-off and gets bearish, maybe people would take their Bitcoin and invest it back into altcoins and the altcoin dominance would go back up and Bitcoin's dominance would go down. Another possibility is that Bitcoin could have such a strong rally that the altcoins start rallying a lot too. And then also, I guess there's even another theory that I've seen. Basically, Bitcoin could rally one day and then the altcoins kind of like continue the rally and rally even more than Bitcoin and that pulls Bitcoin up some more. Well, in this case, we have Bitcoin like going up pretty well, and then the altcoins are kind of ruining the market sentiment and dragging Bitcoin down a bit. So it's kind of like not a full-on crypto rally here. We're having Bitcoin. I wouldn't even call this a Bitcoin rally on this particular day. Yes, long-term, it's a rally. But on this particular day, we had Bitcoin go up in the past 24 hours from like 
5850 or so to like where it is now at 6000 that's not really my definition of a rally especially if the altcoins are going down as well so there's definitely some bearish market sentiment mixed in there somewhere the bulls are winning for now at least with bitcoin but there's definitely some sort of negative influence going around in the market causing the altcoins to sell off and that is going to impact bitcoin too so bitcoin didn't just like take off once it exceeded 6000 it briefly hit 6100 like as soon as it exceeded 6000 but it didn't go much beyond that there's still something holding the market back a bit Perhaps it's just because the prices of Bitcoin and even the altcoins are so much higher than they were like a few months ago. People don't even want to buy them at this level. It's supply and demand. So basically, there was a lot of buying. Bitcoin did go up a lot. And maybe now it's just going to take some time to go up some more because people have to get used to these levels. People don't want to be like the first person in 2019 to buy a Bitcoin at 6000 even if they know it's going to go higher long term. So that's all I have for the market analysis. The total crypto market cap... Is not at 2019 highs, believe it or not, even though Bitcoin's at 6,000. It's actually at $186 billion. Our high in 2019 so far was $189.5 billion. And the total crypto market cap was actually near $189 billion last night when Bitcoin reached like $6,100 for a brief moment. Uh, but the alternative cryptocurrencies like we've talked about have kind of turned bearish this morning they're in the red so we're seeing the total crypto market cap about three and a half billion dollars below the 2019 high right now but overall it seems like bitcoin keeps on pushing through resistance levels and why is bitcoin going up so much in the past month or two well it's possibly a side effect of the global economy we saw the dow jones industrial average go down like 500 points a couple days ago there's this trade war with china where we have the president of the united states constantly issuing more tariffs on like tens of billions of dollars hundreds of billions of dollars of chinese goods and he says the united states is making a hundred billion dollars a year well that effectively means that consumers are paying a hundred billion dollars per year more because usually taxes are shifted to the consumers and a tariff is like an import tax so basically they charge more money for something coming from china and then the consumer pays more for it that decreases like the demand it decreases the imports and the exports. It kind of slows down the whole economy. So the Dow Jones has been responding to that. Yesterday, the Dow Jones managed to go up a little bit because Donald Trump tweeted in the morning that they were going to make a trade deal. But I think he's done this like five times. I don't want to get too political on this show. But yeah, I keep hearing, oh, there's no deal happening with China in the trade war. And then suddenly there's a tweet. Like if the deal's happening, it usually comes out right before the stock market opens. And the stock market kind of like doesn't crash that day. Well, today, I'm looking at the Dow Jones right now. It is going down a lot. I don't know if you call this a full and crash, but it's down about 300 points right now. It's about 1,000 points below its all-time high. So, yeah, the stock market's looking weak. And since January 2018, there's been no like gain on the Dow Jones industrial average. So, in January 2018, it hit about like 26,500, and it has not exceeded that level since. It's just been sideways and volatile. And so with less profits to be made on the stock market, perhaps people are looking towards Bitcoin, especially if they think the stock market's going to crash. Like the bond yield curve inverted maybe a month or two ago, and that indicates there is a stock recession coming within a year or like a year or so after the bond yield curve inverts. So, And also, like I'm saying, like there's lots of data showing manufacturing's going down, import and exports are declining, and there's a lot of homelessness and stuff. So yeah, the economy's not looking so good, and Bitcoin's the best hedge against a crashing stock market. It's one of the only things that would probably be profitable in a stock market crash. Put their money from stocks into Bitcoin, and then Bitcoin would start to rally a lot, kind of like it's doing now. And then more people want to invest in Bitcoin to catch the rally before it's too late sort of thing. So that causes a rapid feedback loop. 
And maybe we're seeing the beginning of that with stocks going down while Bitcoin goes up to new 2019 highs. So moving on to the first interesting story of the day. Bitmain has reported that their mining hash rate has declined by 88%, which is kind of surprising since around the world right now, the Bitcoin mining hash rate is coming back to where it was at its all-time highs. And just to recap, Bitcoin mining hash rate hit its all-time highs around 62 exahash per second in August 2018. And then pretty quickly, about half of the mining hash rate was turned off because it was more reasonable to turn the mining machines off than to pay more electricity than the amount of Bitcoin that was mined. So that was the case for a while during the worst of the bear market. The mining hash rate was far lower than previously. But now all those machines that were turned off are coming back on and mining manufacturers are starting to produce lots of new mining machines in anticipation of this bull run continuing. Well, Bitmain apparently turned off 88% of their hash rate. So that's kind of surprising. And it's actually been a good thing, though, for the Bitcoin network. So previously, Antpool and BTC.com, which are owned by Bitmain, like they controlled a large fraction of the total Bitcoin money hash rate. I believe at points, Bitmain had like over 50% of Bitcoin's money hash rate. And every time it happened, even though it was brief when it happened, it caused a debate about how that makes Bitcoin centralized. And basically, Bitmain could like, you know, control the network and double spend or 51% attack if they wanted. Of course, logically, Bitmain would not do that because they would destroy their own business. Like if they destroyed Bitcoin, then they would be wrecked too. So that's what Satoshi imagined in the white paper. He said miners would choose to like just mine honestly and earn the block rewards rather than destroy the network because if they destroy the network, then all the equipment they're using is worthless. So Satoshi like foresaw that. But anyways, now that Bitmain's mining power is so much lower, the Bitcoin mining network is looking very decentralized at this point. I've never seen it look so decentralized in a long time. Like Ampool's at 12% of the mining hash rate, BTC.com's at 16%, then we got F2 Pool at 11%, Slush at 11%, Poolin at 10%, BTC.top at 8%, Via BTC at 7%, and then we have a bunch of smaller pools for the rest of the percent. So basically, the Bitcoin mining hash rate is decentralized among many pools now, and no single pool is anywhere near the majority of the hash rate. In fact, they're all equal around, somewhere around 10% or so of the hash rate is where all the pools are at. So that's quite a decentralized look, and that's good for the Bitcoin network. Basically, that makes it practically impossible, if not fully impossible, for anyone to do a 51% attack on the network. Which brings us to our next story. There were some strange things going on the night that Binance was hacked. Believe it or not, discussion came up on whether Binance should reorg, quote-unquote, the network. And this basically means 51% attack, as I will explain. So Binance got hacked of 7,000 Bitcoins. It was apparently a very sophisticated hacking attempt. I went through all their security measures. The hacker got like $40 million, a large amount of Bitcoin. And then someone brought up to Cheng Peng Zhao, the CEO of Binance, like some people on Twitter or something told them this, like, hey, why don't you just like reorg the blockchain? Which basically means that they would create a new transaction with those 7,000 Bitcoins from a time before they were sent and just pay the miners like lots of money for doing it. So what that means is like kind of like setting a huge mining fee in order to bribe the miners to 51% attack the network. So just to reiterate and explain this in a slightly different way, so if this scenario would have unfolded right after the hack happened, Binance would have sent another transaction from an earlier point in the blockchain, not the real blockchain, a different version of the blockchain, a fork, and they would have sent a transaction 
that would have had like a thousand Bitcoin of mining fees or even like 7,000 Bitcoin of mining fees. Maybe like the whole thing would be mining fees just to like get revenge on the hacker and take all their Bitcoins away. And maybe the miners would see this if there's enough coordination, like let's say Binance puts out a statement like, hey, we're trying to like do a reorg right now and there's a 7,000 Bitcoin mining fee, come and get it. And like all the pools would jump on and actually take it and fork the network. Well, this would be very, very bad. And like we just talked about in the last story, the Bitcoin network is really decentralized now, much more than it used to be. Maybe a Bitmain was totally in control of things. Not totally in control, but they had like 50% of the network hash rate, even more at some points. Like if it was like that, maybe this would have happened, God forbid. Well, in this case, we have a bunch of pools, big major pools that only have like 10% of the hash rate, and there's a bunch of them, and there's no way they could have coordinated to do this. And also, if this would have happened, God forbid this ever happens, and it's not going to, uh, basically, like, it would ruin the reputation of Bitcoin because it would show that Bitcoin is not immutable. So it's not worth it to save Binance $40 million, even though it's a lot of money. It's not worth it to save it for them if it means destroying Bitcoin's value and reputation because the second this sort of thing would happen, it would prove that Bitcoin is not immutable for the first time ever, basically. Also, this would cause greater chaos than that. Like, there could literally be a community split. Like, there would probably be miners that say, no, there's no way we're doing a reorg. We're not going to fork. And they'll keep mining the old chain. So we could literally see Bitcoin fork at that moment if this would have happened. And it didn't happen, just to be clear. But if there really was a reorg to save the 7,000 Bitcoins, we could have easily seen a really, really, really hard fork where a lot of the Bitcoin community split up all at once. And we have two different versions of Bitcoin. Because there's definitely going to be a lot of miners that don't agree with this. And if anyone did agree with this, they'd end up on their own version of Bitcoin, basically. And then we would have some other sort of Bitcoin fork. Like, we already have Bitcoin Cash and Bitcoin SV and Bitcoin Gold and Bitcoin Diamond. I don't know what this one would be called. It would probably be called Bitcoin Wrecked. Anyways. So, yeah. It would cause huge fighting. It would wreck the blockchain. Cause two different versions of the blockchain. People would probably lose a lot of money sending transactions between the two different chains. And it would cause, like, chaos. So yeah, there's no such thing as a Bitcoin reorg. Like we have seen reorgs in other altcoins and it usually is bad even for them. But if that happened with Bitcoin, it would just be like a full on nuclear catastrophe and it's just not a possibility. So I was kind of like awestruck when I heard Cheng Ping's out talking about the possibility of a reorg. I was like, wow, this is not real. This is BS. Not to like say anything bad about Cheng Ping's out. I think he's pretty cool. It's just, I think he was a little tired and people were suggesting the wrong things to him at that point in night. And, you know, he probably wanted to do anything he could to get that $40 million back. But, you know, he did the reasonable thing in the end. Jake Pigzow said all the things I just said after he did a little research. And he said, yeah, we can't do this because of this, this, and this, what I just explained. Moving on to the next story. A Canadian mining company named Hut8, H-U-T-8, has lost $136 million in 2018. But they're also saying they made a record revenue of $49.4 million. They mined 5,600 Bitcoin. So that's a lot of Bitcoin mining. And it seems like they have ample investment. So they lost $136 million because of the bear market causing mining to be unprofitable. Like if people don't have the exact most efficient mining machine, there's no way they could have survived the bear market. But in this case this company had so much investment that they could lose $136 million and actually survive. So they, they are continuing to mine and hopefully since they have so much money going around, they held on to their Bitcoins because then their profits from 2018 are increasing now and now they're mining more Bitcoins. So yeah, 
this is an interesting case of a mining company surviving despite extreme losses. In fact, this is just like Bitmain. So we just talked about Bitmain at the beginning of the show. The reason they shut off a lot of their hash rate is they needed cash probably and they sold the machines. Well... Yeah, the mining companies have been doing very poorly in 2018 into the beginning of 2019, but now things are starting to look brighter. It's kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel. We're seeing Bitcoin rise up to significant enough levels where the mining industry can like reinvigorate itself. And if Bitcoin keeps on going up, like if we start seeing seven, eight, nine, ten thousand, we'll be seeing like a mining boom again where everyone's trying to buy mining machines. So yeah, that's just the cycle of the Bitcoin market. I've seen this several times in the past, this full cycle. Where it goes from, like, no one wants mining machines, people are trying to sell them, liquidate them, sell them for a dollar, just, like, throw them in the garbage. And then everyone's trying to scramble to get one, and they cost a tremendous amount of money. So we're getting back towards the part of the cycle where mining machines are going to start costing a lot. And we'll probably see lots of news about the mining industry booming. So, just to end the show on a good note, basically, the Bitcoin market is a lot healthier than it was during the worst of that bear market in December. The Bitcoin mining industry is coming back. Even this company that lost $136 million, Hut8 in Canada, they say they have survived and now they're probably going to do pretty well. So anyone that's made it through this crypto winter, that's what everyone's calling it. I'm not sure if that's from Game of Thrones or something because like of the long winter in Game of Thrones, but everyone's calling it crypto winter. So if you survive crypto winter, this is going to probably be a prosperous time. Things are looking up. That's all I have for you today on this May 9th, 2019 edition of the Crypto.IQ Daily Radio Show. Come back tomorrow for another exciting episode and go to Crypto.IQ 24-7 for the most interesting stories in the Bitcoin and crypto space. Also join that Crypto.IQ trading desk. They made 314% profit since July. In fact, last night they did a long on Bitcoin and they instantly hit profits. So yeah, if you join that Crypto.IQ trading desk, you can see their trades in real time. Just by reading their trades, you can become an expert cryptocurrency trader. But also... You could ask the Crypto.IQ traders questions in real time and they'll answer your questions pretty quickly. So, in reality, joining the Crypto.IQ trading desk is the best way to become an expert and profitable cryptocurrency trader. This is your host, Space Marine, signing out. Iron Man in space.